You're listening to Remotely One, a podcast that educates, entertains, and inspires you to take your life back from the office commute. I'm Rick, a former beer rep who left the warehouse to become a voice actor and digital creator. And I'm Colleen, a remote work advocate and consultant. We're going to speak with some of the top professionals who have managed to avoid the commute as they share stories from the most inspiring to the most comical, all while working remotely. Man, this sounds awesome. Let's clock in. So Navy Ago here. I'm uh, from Phoenix. I'm the founder and CEO of Icon Labs, a web design and product innovation studio. Coming in here live from the Release Summit in DC. Shout out, baby! Really? That's what the man said. <laughs> I'm Rick. I'm here in the, uh, Washington, D.C. for the ReLead Summit. We are here talking about remote work. Thanks for joining us, Navy. Really appreciate it. I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you. Oh, let me get back. Let me get back. Boom! <laughs> there it is. So we are, as mentioned, talking about remote work. Um, with the rise of that we've all been seeing lately, remote work, um, how are companies winning in their strategy to build high-performance teams? Yeah, that's that's a very interesting one. Many companies are so so you know entrenched in the idea of you know, to build a really solid, cohesive, high performance team. It has to be done in person. Sure. Uh, but with the shift, increasingly so, to remote work, I think companies are trying to figure out ways to still build a solid team. Mm-hmm. And some things that I have seen is you no, know, you just got to dial in your your mission and vision, right? Your mm-hmm. folks, employees need to know why they're doing what they do. Mm. And how does that connect into the larger mission of the company? Mm. So that's a big uh, way. Uh, a big part of that too is setting clear OKRs, objectives and key results. Mm. Uh, many companies just fly by the seat of their pants and mm. figure things out. But it's like you got to dial that in and make it super clear okay. into measurable chunks. And as an employee, I want to know that the work I'm doing boils up into the overall mission or the objectives of the company. Mm-hmm. So if our objective for Q1, right, if our goal for Q1 is to increase revenue by 20%, mm-hmm. how does my day-to-day work help us make 20% more? Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by objectives and key results. It mm-hmm. has to tie in somehow. Now, another way to build a high-performance team is cohesion among the folks working on that company. Um, you know, it's with people being distributed and being all around the world, it's, it definitely poses a challenge because you don't have the water cooler conversations anymore. Sure. You don't pass someone by the hallway. So how do you, you know, help folks connect? And one of the ways is putting events, you know, virtual events together using tools that we have. Mm-hmm. You know, I was talking earlier about, you know, there, if you use Slack or some other tool, the one way you can do that is using like a bot. Mm-hmm. I use a bot. Uh, to help employees connect. So you can set different cadences. For mine, like once every two weeks, mm-hmm. it connects two or three folks for one-on-one. Mm-hmm. These are two people in different departments that would not necessarily have connected. But now they get to connect and they get to learn more about each other and the work they're doing and how that supports the company. Cohesion right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so those are some ways I would say companies can build high-performance teams. A third thing I would say is helping your employees be able to measure their work. 
and the mm. impact of their work. Okay. Right. If, if you're an agile shop or similar, we talk about like burn down charts and, and other ways to help your team. Like how does what I did yesterday, like did I move forward today? Am I just working hard and not really moving the needle? Mm-hmm. Or am I working hard and it's actually you know moving the needle? So those are some things I can think about uh, with building a, a high performance team. I, I got a, I got a question, a kind of a follow up to that. Like, yeah. So you started your company and your company was was fully remote from day one. Yeah. Do you remember like any mistakes you made? Oh boy. That that, <laughs> that um, you're like, geez, that's not really. I made a big mistake in that that really impacted our team becoming a high performing team. Do you remember any mistakes or do you know of some common mistakes maybe that yeah that ha- are happening that maybe some of our viewers and listeners can, can can take away with? Yeah, the vision thing and the OKR thing is huge and that's a mistake I made really early on where What do you, what do you mean the vision thing? Yeah, so casting the vision for the team for it, it's not just a transactional, I pay you, you get work done, goodbye, right? Folks have to feel invested in the mission. And earlier on, and it's still a very common mistake, um, not cluing my folks into why we're doing what we're doing, right? Why are we taking on these four projects? Is it just to make money? Which is fine. It's not bad to make money. I'm not running a philanthropy. Right. But it's, you know, constantly reminding or having it at least in a central place for why your company exists. Right. And then also, if you boil it down a little more, the why behind the projects we're taking on. And also, if you boil it down a little bit more, you know, keeping everyone in sync for the health of the company, for where we're at. Mm -hmm. That is something earlier on where it was just, you know, I I was doing this leadership thing, growing this company. Like, hey, we're working on these projects. You know, like checking with the folks who are actively on projects, but it's like I didn't spend as much time casting the vision and, you know, painting a picture, mm. peeling back the layers and saying, this is where we're at. And then it was so easy. I had contractors join for a while and then move on to other opportunities. I'm like, man, why do we lose folks? And that was one of the feedback I got. People didn't feel like they didn't see themselves right, as part of the company. It, mm. it, it felt very, they felt like mercenaries. Yeah. I mean, they got the job done, but they didn't feel like right. they were part of a collective, part of a greater mm-hmm. thing beyond right. just their individual contribution. Well, you're, you're raising some really valid points, which kind of leads into the next question I had for you is, with all this emphasis on measuring productivity, how do you deal with people that sometimes might take it too far and they become burned out and the team just becomes emotionally strained? Ooh, that's a deep one. Yeah. Um, we're going to track your keystrokes. <laughs> yeah. We're going to track your keystrokes, son. Are you working? I'm watching. <laughs> Are you sitting on your computer? <laughs> um, and yeah, that, that's, you know, with productivity, right? It's something I struggle with because, like, I, I tend to be a workaholic. Yeah. Especially if it's your own company, right? It's like your yeah, baby. You You're working all the time. People crack the joke about, do I live at work or do I work at home? It's just, it just blends in. You're always working and you, mm-hmm. you can get burnt out mm. super fast. I've been there. Yeah. I'm recovering yeah. <laughs> still. And, you know, how do we put things in place so people feel equipped to take the time that they need mm-hmm. to have a healthy work-life balance? Mm-hmm. Austin Belkak on LinkedIn calls it, he's like, let's stop calling it work-life balance, but life-work balance. Mm-hmm. And putting those systems in place, uh, for me, it's making sure folks take time off mm-hmm. that they need. Yeah. We don't need to wait for you to burn out before, like, 
oh crap, we gotta fix the burnout issue. It's like right. even before that. Let's schedule that like, now. When do you like, <laughs> when do you plan to take vacation? Yeah, absolutely. Preempting that burnout. Preventative maintenance is what we Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we don't okay. want to wait for that. Exactly. Oh, the engine broke. We got to fix it. You got to do the yeah. oil changes. Absolutely. Right. You yeah. And all of that stuff. So for I mean, me, everyone, I'm, you know, needs a good oil change. You know? Absolutely. You got to change change that oil. <laughs> 6,000 miles if it's synthetic. But if you run out of gas, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oil change, maintenance. <laughs> so this is something to say, like you know, time off, right. making sure. Sometimes you have clients that want a lot, right? I've had contractors who they they're like they were like hauling aid, like yeah, to get yeah. work done uh-huh. for a couple of weeks. I'm like, this has been a couple of weeks of work, fifty hour plus work weeks. Mm-hmm. You should take some time off, mm-hmm. cool off period before the next project. Mm-hmm. You know, building things like that into your company, I think, go a long way to preempt burnout and do the maintenance before burnout even occurs because mm. uh, then it's like it's a lot more painful yes. to get out of yeah, so that's something that instinctively comes to mind when i when i think about burnout but that's huge a lot of folks are struggling with that right now yeah my goodness glad i asked <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so with regard to what we've talked about what have you learned today from the session of, regarding the topic that we've been discussing. Did it, was uh, it discussed at all? Yes, quite a bit, mm-hmm. actually. And, and it's been very eye-opening because mm-hmm. there's even the legal perspective mm-hmm. like that oh, many yeah. folks don't even, I, I'm like, I don't have to think about that, really. Mm-hmm. I, I work with you know teams that handle that stuff, but sure. there, there's a lot of ramifications with remote work, with building high-performance teams, with using employers of records. Mm-hmm. Like, there's all of this stuff that goes into it. But one key thing that I'm most excited about and I'm, that gets me thinking is it's, it's a n- new frontier for a lot of folks, but remote work also has been here for a long time, mm-hmm. right? So for me, that's a bit of a paradigm shift. Oh, it's all brand new. Yes, for a lot of folks, but also we have the, the playbook for how remote work has been done for a while from companies that have done this successfully mm-hmm. for over de- for decades, really. Um, and for me, that's where I, I want to look. I'm like, how did they do remote work in the 80s mm-hmm. before there was Slack and yes. all the you know modalities we have now? I'm like, so I'm very excited about that. I'm very intrigued mm-hmm. by that. And then also beginning to see that remote work is a series of concentric circles. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's the remote work itself, but there's so much that goes into that, right? There's employee, there's performance, there's burnout, work-life balance. How do you prevent that? And then there's, you know, help making sure your folks have other areas of their lives taking care of intimate relationships, social connections within work, outside of work. So it's like, you just keep going. Yeah. So for me, just like, (laughs) so much here. I've learned a ton. Like that, I think that for me, it's, that's one thing that I've taken from the summit is like hearing from your perspective, like, like. What's it like out there in Phoenix? What's going on out there? You know, and and everybody just has a different like expertise. And again, hearing from Tara about the legal aspects, hearing from, you know, Shelby about the perks. It's just been a very, um, you're right, mind-blowing, man. Yeah. Mind-blowing. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs>
So what's an interesting factoid about yourself oh, that a lot man. of people might not know? Mm, this so, is juicy. Get juicy. Oh, like, God, the no. most embarrassing, maybe. No, something no. real bad. I'm just going to talk about the, the most exciting thing right now for me. Is okay. We have a daughter, my wife and I, <laughs> as of a month. Seven weeks ago. Oh my uh, gosh, congratulations. congratulations. And you came out here to see us. Yeah, it was hard. Oh, yeah. It was, yeah, it was hard. Was. But that does change. And some of my thought process now, thinking about burnout mm-hmm. and sustainability of that, like after having a kid now, you, you just start thinking differently about things. Right? I did what Austin Belkak said about life-work balance. Uh-huh. This is auric life balance. It's a subtle shift, but just getting to think about you know, what fills you tank? I want to spend time with my wife and daughter. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm thinking through that. So that's the most exciting, juicy thing uh, in my life right no, now. No, no, that's great, That's the best man. thing you can offer. Family yeah. always comes first. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one, one thing that I, I've heard you say this a bunch of times, and I'm, I've just been trying to make this thing catch on. I think work-life balance has a... Um, it's it's sometimes a little unattainable and it's almost like well, too hard on ourselves, mm-hmm. right? Um, and now that you have a little one, we use work-life integration mm-hmm. because, <laughs> let me tell you, the nap times, you remember this, Rick, the nap times, you know, you're on a schedule of every few hours. Absolutely. You got to fit in your work during the nap time. Yeah. So that's not balance. That's integrating throughout the day. So yeah. just don't be too hard on yourself, man, okay? It's okay to work in in the nap times because guess what? When, you know, the little one's on your chest and warm and you fall asleep, it's working. So <laughs> yeah. don't be too hard on yourself, it. man. Yeah. And uh, I really appreciate you being with us. And uh, can you tell the, the listeners and the viewers where can they find you online? I'm a LinkedIn nerd, man. Yes. Like it's, it's LinkedIn. LinkedIn, LinkedIn Shoddy? And then LinkedIn. Um, I do have a website, you know, A-N-E-B, uh, Um That was an interesting domain name to get. Uh, yeah. You can ask me how I got that. But um, mostly LinkedIn. I do a lot of okay. stuff on LinkedIn. And it's the platform I will be focusing on for the first time. And maybe I've got Awesome. Hey, next time, come see us anytime. Bro. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. You've been listening to Remotely One. Visit us at remotelyone.com forward slash podcast for upcoming episodes. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our episodes on your favorite podcast app. Hey, hey, don't forget to clock out. <laughs> <laughs>